Please join me in a short prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever heard of something called non-24-hour sleep-wake disorder? I hadn't either until a friend told me about it. Non-24-hour sleep-wake disorder mostly affects people who are entirely blind and cannot even sense light. And what that does is throw off their sleep cycle. So a lot of times they'll be sleeping during the day and they are wide awake at night. It happens because our biological clocks, contrary to what we might think, actually run on a schedule that is 25 hours or longer. So someone with non-24 hour sleep-wake disorder has a sleep schedule that will shuffle itself every day and every week and keep continuing as bedtime continually moves back an hour or two each day. About six years ago, they came out with a drug called Hetlios, which will help blind folks sleep more at night and stay awake during daytime hours. But it comes at a cost. Without insurance coverage, you are paying over $15,000 a month that is a pretty penny. You know, I, I wonder if that, that blind man that we heard about from John chapter 9 suffered from non-24 sleep-wake disorder. Scripture really doesn't give us any hints there, so it's not like we can say for sure. But the Scripture does reveal a deeper problem that he suffered from. The same problem that you and I once suffered from, the same problem that you and I sometimes still suffer from. And that is not being able to see the world's light. Jesus. So follow along with me this morning and learn how Jesus, as the light of the world, makes both the blind seen and the seen blind. You see, when you open up John's Gospel, and once you hit John chapter 7, what's really happening is you're focusing in on Jesus' later ministry, which took place mostly in the southern province of Israel called Judea. And most of the time, Jesus was hanging out in Jerusalem having discussions with folks. And John chapter 9 is, is no different. Jesus and his disciples are walking through the streets of Jerusalem when they run across 
this blind beggar. And they learned from him. They must have conversed with him to find out that he did not become blind because he got poked in the eyes or because of some other debilitating medical condition. This blindness he was born with. And so the disciples with their mind on spiritual things and with their teacher in front of them wanted to clear something up. They thought maybe Jesus would know the answer to this question. It was something that the, the Pharisees, the teachers of Scripture, had spoon-fed them. You see, what they had learned was that when some misfortune happens in someone's life, some type of sickness or disaster, God is punishing sin. And so this man born blind was either A, being punished for some type of sin that he committed while he was still in his mommy's tummy before he was born, or B, he was being punished for his parents' sin. And so they asked Jesus, you know, Jesus, which, which one is it? Is it his sin that he's being punished for, or is it his parents' sin? I once heard a, a chapel speaker at Martin Luther College in New Ulm, Minnesota, explain it this way. It's never really good to try to trace back the cause of some sickness or disease or misfortune by connecting it to a particular sin in the past. Because how in the world are you going to find that out? Do you have the mind of God? How are you ever going to know for sure? And even more importantly, you're really focusing on the wrong thing if that's how you're thinking about life. You're leaving no room for God to act in that person's life. In fact, you are being blind to that. And so with Jesus' disciples, he points out something they had not even thought of before. He points out the truth of why this man was born blind. Jesus tells them this. He says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. What he was saying was that this blindness was not a punishment for sin at all. This happened so that the world's light could go to work in him and he could see the true light, the light of faith. That's exactly what Jesus explained. He said, Night is coming when no one can work. Well, I am in the world. I am the light of the world. And so Jesus was going to help out this blind man. And he did it in a way that seems kind of gross to us. He spit in the dirt down by his feet and stirred it up into mud. And then he plastered the man's eyes and told him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. You know that pool on the south side of Jerusalem? That means sent. That is where I am sending you. And so I can only imagine what it was like for this man born blind as he worked his way carefully through the streets going down to this pool on the south side of the town. 
As he heard the sound of people splashing in the pool and he carefully inched down into it, cupped his hands and then washed the mud off. Suddenly he begins to see light and then images. He sees the water in front of him and maybe even sees his own reflection seeing his own face for the first time. He looks around and sees what people look like and is able to put a face to the sounds of the voices from the kids playing in the pool. And he sees what the buildings look like. And this all happens because the light of the world healed him and made this blind man see. If there's any, anything right now that perhaps we're praying the hardest for, when it comes to Jesus healing people, maybe it has to do with the coronavirus. Because if people aren't worried about getting sick, people are terrified that they or ones they know might die. If people aren't loading shopping carts to the brim and purchasing hundreds of dollars of groceries at a time, they are selling off their stock holdings, scared that the economy will once again crash. When things like this happen and sickness spreads, we're very much like the disciples who wonder why this is happening and are blind to God's work. You see, the sinful nature wants us to take God out of the picture. The sinful nature does not want us to see that maybe God is at work among all of this. The sinful nature which makes us blind to God in times of frenzy, in times of darkness, says freak out or be scared or be terrified. But our God opens our eyes as He says to us, Be still and know that I am God. Because it is this God who opened our eyes through water and the Word in our baptism to see so clearly what He has done for us. To see clearly that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away all of our sins of distrust in our God and so grant us full forgiveness. In our baptism, God has given us the clarity to see that our times are in His hands both here on this earth and forever in the heaven. It is Jesus who has granted us the spiritual sight to see that no matter what happens, God is here. And it is our right. He works all things for our good. And what a blessing it is to be able to see that God is at work even, even in the darkest times. It is a blessing to see that God's mighty hand is at work among us, working wonderful things. But the problem is, is that not everybody wants to believe that. 
Not everybody wants to believe that there is a possibility of a miracle at work among us. And we see that as soon as this man born blind was healed, nobody wanted to believe it. His neighbors could not believe it. They were asking themselves, is this, is this the same guy? No, this must be somebody who looks like him. And it caused so much consternation in his neighborhood that they went to the Pharisees in order to get some answers on this. So they brought him in to a meeting of these men who teach Scripture in order to have some type of authoritative clarity on the situation. And so these, these Pharisees asked him, all right, tell us what really happened. And what else is the man going to say than he put mud on my eyes, I washed, and now I see. But the Pharisees were thrown into confusion about this. The Pharisees could not make sense of this. There was one side of their gathering that said, how in the world could he do this? How in the world could we say that this man is sent from God because he did this on the Sabbath day? If a man was sent from God, he would not have broken the third commandment. The other side said, how can a sinner do such things? And the Pharisees could not make sense of any of this. Because they had the wrong assumptions about Jesus. Number one, Jesus had come to bring true rest on the Sabbath. Jesus was the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus was the reason for the Sabbath. And if He could bring comfort and healing, He would take that opportunity. And on the other side, the faulty assumption that was that Jesus was a sinner. But Jesus was not just from God, as they were trying to figure out. Jesus was true man and true God. And so this debate continues. How in the world could this man be from God if he healed on the Sabbath? That is breaking the law. How in the world could a sinful man work a miracle like this. So they ask the blind man once again, who is he? Was, weren't you the one that he helped? And the blind man said, he's a prophet. He answered the best. He knew how. But the Pharisees did not want to drop their proud assumptions that maybe they knew everything. The Pharisees did not want to be humble enough to accept that maybe Jesus was God and He had performed a miracle. And so they lashed out against this man born blind. They kicked Him out of the meeting. Maybe even they banned Him from the temple. It's really not going to be a surprise to me 
If people use the spread of the coronavirus as a platform for proving that God does not care, that God, if he was loving and almighty, would intervene to bring it to a close. But dare I say, even if Jesus came down from heaven and worked miracles of healing that were recorded on the news, people would still not believe it. Because the world does not want to accept what is clearly in front of their eyes. That is exactly what had happened with these Pharisees. They left no room for God working a miracle. They left no room to believe any of the 35 miracles that Jesus worked that we have recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John on top of the numerous other miracles. The world is going to blind themselves to the light of God's love, to the fact that God is here. Yet Jesus comes to those who are oppressed by the world, just as he came to the blind man. I am the Son of Man. Jesus comes to the world and reassures us for judgment I have come so that the seeing may become blind and the blind may become seen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what the world says, know that the light of the world, Jesus Christ, continues to shine His love. As this pandemic spreads, His presence continues to be among us. He continues to dwell in our hearts. He continues to heal those who are sick. He continues to spare those who are suffering from further suffering by bringing them to heaven, if that is His choice. Where the darkness of sin and death and unbelief is no longer a factor. And light shines eternally. And brothers and sisters in Christ, all of this is free. It does not cost $15,000 per month to continue to have the light of God's love. As we go through this pandemic together, run to that light. Run to it in church. Run to it in your Bibles at home. Run to it in a Bible study. Because no matter how dark things get, Jesus is the world's light. He makes the blind seen and the seen blind. Amen.